Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, this is part two of the conversation, well, interview slash conversation um, about gaming, um, video games in 2022. Um, I'm talking with Tyler Kerrigan and Aaron Desjardins, hosts of the new podcast, Pores and Pixels. And, um, you know, this is literally just the continuation. And it's been a really good, honest, you know, unfiltered conversation um, about video games. So um, let's jump right into it. Well, I guess this kind of leads into my next question, too. Um, And that is just, is there any particular game over the last 25 years that um, that especially you know, you feel has had the greatest impact on the industry as a whole. And um, what would that game be? And if you want, I can lead off on it. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Do tell. Yeah. What is your opinion on that? (laughs) All right. Well, so for one, you know, me personally, I would just say um, Grand Theft Auto 3. Because, you know, and might be might be due to my age. But, you know, I remember when this when this game came out. You know, I, I'd heard a little bit about Grand Theft Auto 2 when that came out a couple years before, but I had never actually played it. But then I had a PlayStation 2 and I had played Grand Theft Auto 3. And that was my first real experience playing a true open world game. And I know there had been open world games before, but I don't think anything really was as wide release and had such a huge impact um, as Grand Theft Auto 3. After Grand Theft Auto 3 came out, there were so, like, everybody suddenly was trying to jump in on the open world bandwagon. And, you know, now when you see games, like, they're all open world now. You know, like, there there are very few games that that really follow a true-to-life linear sort of mission base. You're going to do this, then you're going to do this, then you're going to do this. And that's the way a lot of games were before, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. Like, I remember when I, the first time I played it and I was just kind of like, okay, so where, do, where am I going to get to my first mission? And then I ran up to this car and carjacked this lady immediately. And I was just like, whoa, how did, okay. You know, it just blew my mind. And I was just like, oh, I can do whatever the hell I want to do in, in here. I can go wherever I want to go do anything I want to do at any, at any time. And it was just, yeah. um, that's that first taste of a uh, virtual freedom where you're like, Holy shit, I can do, you know, anything <laughs> like there are no rules. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I remember when I played that game, I was cause it was 2001 when that game came out and yep, that's an old one. I was in oh fuck third grade, I think. And remember like I was driving a car in that game and I was, clearly speeding and i drove by a cop and i was like oh am i gonna get like pulled over in this game and they're like no you're good and i was like oh i was like it's like dang like i can't believe that oh, what happens if i throw grenades at all these cars on this bridge <laughs> <laughs> right you know i grew up uh with a pretty strict um with pretty strict parents and that was a game that I had to like go to my friend's house to play. I was not allowed to own Grand Theft Auto games oh, until was, like yeah, I I didn't own it. Not because older. I had strict parents, but because I was super poor. <laughs> I had to go to friends to play it. Yeah, well, there's that. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I, I'm curious about the question. 
is is the question that the, a game that was most impactful on you or that you feel was most impactful on the industry? Because those are two um, different answers for me. Well, I'm thinking the game that's was that you feel was most impactful on the industry. Okay. So I think for me, and I'm going to talk in more recent times, but I think this is a massive change. I would argue that Fortnite has had the biggest impact on the industry that I can remember in recent times. And the reason I think that is because, because there are so many games now that are rolling out this free-to-play model. So many games where you can get the base game for free, but every two months they're going to nickel and dime you with a new battle pass. And you can spend all your real real money, real life hard-earned money, right? To unlock things faster and get loot boxes and uh, all these cosmetics. And then on top of that, and it wasn't the first Battle Royale, but we'll say it was the first like billion dollar Battle Royale because PUBG came out before that. And even prior to that, there were some mods that that was based on. But the Battle Royale, like every game now that comes out that's a shooter, like if it doesn't have a Battle Royale, people will tell you it's dead on arrival because the streaming community can't make a go at it. Um, people talk, they did this with Halo Infinite when it launched. Oh, the game's dead already and it's not even out yet because there's no Battle Royale, blah, blah, blah. I don't like that trend in gaming. I wish that people would get back to building the game that they want to build instead of the game that's going to generate them a shitload of money from children. I don't think it's necessarily good for the industry, but maybe that's me being naive. Like Maybe no, that's, that's how they fund projects that I will care about. I don't know, but I would argue that the Fortnite um, battle pass, battle royale, loot box thing um, it is incredibly widespread now, and I don't see any signs of that slowing down really at all. It's it's a I think that the loot box thing, especially, is like a negative impact. It's large. It impact. feels like a cancer on. The it is, and there's actually me. I can't remember. I saw something. There's lawsuits that are going to be coming rolling out. Against that, I know what you're like, talking about because yeah, they, they essentially, six. yeah, yeah, did it to where it's like actual gambling, like it's engineered to make children want to spend real money. Yeah, it's it's really it's. I don't I don't like I can't. It, it makes me angry because the reason like Allegedly. there's a lot of yeah like there's a lot of games that I like and you can tell like that you know there was passion behind the game and they're making it because they wanted to they wanted the player to feel this certain way or experience this certain thing but with those kind of games they literally just make them to make money which is yeah i mean not a good motivation it's not that they're all shit games no it's just they make them intentionally shallow so that you have to spend money to get the rest of the content yeah Yeah. and it's i don't i don't i hope it doesn't last i hope it changes because i i really don't like that um sony does a good job of not doing it super often in Gran Turismo. There were some little I things. I was going to say one of the more egregious examples in recent memory of Gran Turismo, but for I would agree with you for the most part, they're pretty good about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, talking about the last of us and all these single player story games, days gone, super underrated game, phenomenal game, ghost of Tsushima, great Incredible. game. Um, yeah. like Sony has some really solid God war, like passion. Yeah. Like passion projects is what I call them. Cause they're, you buy them once and that's it. And like, that's it. And you play the game. They're telling a story. They have great gameplay mechanics. Like Those things are behemoths, though. You know what I mean? Like, when you say passion project, I think sometimes people might get the idea that you're talking about, like, an indie project or something that someone just was like, man, I really wanted to make this. Those games right. are purpose-built stories uh, yes. from brilliant storytellers, right? 
But I, I know what you mean. Like when you say like, hey, you only buy this once. They're not greedy games, no. right? They're they're made for the love of the story that they tell. And there's, I mean, yeah, you just named a handful of hitters, right? And those are yeah. all Sony first person titles. And we we haven't had any of these guys on the show yet. We've we've talked to them, um, some of the God of War guys, and like I follow them. We follow them on our Poison Pixels Twitter. But I mean, just the stuff they post about, they are so proud of like what they released. Same with the guys with uh, the Last of Us at Naughty Dog. I think it's Naughty Dog, right? Yeah, it's not. They're they're really proud. They're also the Uncharted series. If you're not yeah, familiar with the Last of Us, somehow. Yeah, um, but they're okay. really proud of what they did. Like when the Last of Us Part One dropped, like Twitter was like full of all these devs. There's so many people on the project, and they were all just like so proud of like what they did and what they the little piece of the puzzle that they put into this masterpiece is what a lot of people are going to be calling it because you know yeah. it is what it is, but. Not a single yes. time I've ever seen a Fortnite dev or a like Apex dev be like, you know, like. I'm sure pumped. they're. I'm sure they're out there. Like, I'm, I'm sure, sure they're, they're proud of their work. It's just, yeah. I mean, as a consumer, I think it's hard not to see the difference between someone who puts, you know, hours and hours and hours of time into, you know, storytelling or voice acting or mocap or you know sound design something like that. And then see someone who's like, what, what did you do this week? And it's like, oh, I made, you know, some reskins of some old skins that we built and put some new colors on them. And then we charge people $20 to download them. Yeah. Like, I, what? Yeah. it doesn't feel like the same level of creation, I think, is maybe what I'm trying to say. But I, I realize that I'm talking as someone who's not a game dev. So I am sure that there are people who work on Fortnite that are proud of their work. Oh, yeah. No, no that's not like... Kind of came out wrong, but because this is one yeah, thing we <laughs> I was trying. To, I was yeah, like, yeah. No, how do how do I say this? I know yeah. that there's talented people working on that game. It that's just it doesn't come off as the same the same level of um, creativity to me. Yeah, and that's something we learned early on. Like our first couple like interviews was like we talked shit about a couple games, Cyberpunk. like our first two episodes, and yeah. then in reality, the problems that we have with these games are not the people who actually make the games; it's the companies that run the devs that make that games right yeah 90% so of the time i would agree with that i do think that there are times when devs you know screw the pooch or whatever you want to say like i, yeah, I think I mean, there, there's, there's definitely times when stuff goes wrong but a lot of these like triple a you know disasters that are going on it's it's corporate stuff where you know hey the dev team's telling you we're not ready this game's not ready to go out yeah They're like well we got a deadline so send it you know what I mean? And then you get a situation where all these trailers came out that promised one thing and people get their hands on some buggy mess that's something totally different. Yeah, we, People I, are mad. Rightfully so, though, because people are spending their money on this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I feel like one of the most high-profile examples of that is uh, Cyberpunk uh, 2077. Oh, it's been mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it was times. a dumpster fire when it came out. <laughs> it was. It, I, it I literally was unplayable on last-gen systems. You could not play it on a PS4 or Xbox you had to have the new ones. I'm not going to say what I said to one of the people we had in the interview about what I what it felt like playing it for the first time because God, I appreciate you, Thomas, and I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> but, yeah, we don't. He knows exactly what I said. We don't want you to have to go and edit this episode too much. So yeah, um, right. but I uh, I, I bought it when Cyberpunk first came out, and um, it didn't light my graphics card on fire. So like that was a plus because that was a problem, but it, it was. It was unplayable, and everyone's like, "Oh, the bugs, the bugs, the bugs." It's like in reality, like Skyrim to this day still has bugs. You keep playing it, right? You just work through it. It's one of those things. But I mean, Cyberpunk when it was, I mean, it was unplayable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it reminded me. You ever seen uh, 
Any of you ever seen the movie Spawn? No. Yeah. Yeah, I did okay. see that. Do you remember towards the end when he goes to hell, the CGI, how awful it was? Like, it was, <laughs> it was displeasing to the eye. Like, it made you feel bad for watching it. You know what I'm talking about? The little feeling yeah. I'm gathering yeah, here? Yeah, it was, it was That's what bad. Cyberpunk was like when it first came out. Like, it hurt your what soul. Platform did you try to buy it on, or play it on PC, right? Yeah, play PC. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it, it was, it hurt. Um, Tyler, for just to give you an idea of the spawn thing I'm telling you about, I'll send you a video afterwards, but yeah, it was I'll like, YouTube it in a few. yeah, PS one graphics. Like it was so bad. The CGI That's on that. But, yeah. I think, uh, to be fair to the cyberpunk devs, the game is in a much better spot now. And when I first played it, I played it on PS five with the PS five patch. And it was a significantly different game from what I had heard about. Like it was, it's fine. It's really, I mean, it's a pretty solid experience now. So yes, it's really good. And I'm excited. It's for not the a DLC. bad game. It needed more time in the oven. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think we haven't gotten into like the, the dirty about it, but I think if, if the Witcher three was not as successful as it was, it wouldn't have been rushed so hard. Yeah. And it, it's, it, that's a, I agree with you. I think yeah. the problem is that it's compared to its literal perfect 10 sibling. Yeah. And right. The Witcher Three is the golden child, right? Like it, it straight A's and a, a a free ride to college kind of thing. Like yeah, it can't we do no love. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, it can't do the no Witcher wrong. Three. <laughs> you know, I remember pl- I remember when I played The Witcher Three. I, I that game blew me away in just so many ways, man. Yeah, it's like, incredible. It's an amazing, amazing work of art. DJ, I'm curious as to what game you think has changed the industry a lot. I think as so, I've been thinking about this while you guys are talking, and. It's hard to answer it because I don't think the change has come yet, but I think it will. I think this game will influence a lot of games eventually. I don't just don't think a lot of studios are at that point that they want to do that. But Red Dead Redemption 2 is the most immersive game ever. It is, I mean, chef's kiss. It is amazing all the little details are so good and i think eventually that's going to be the games that these companies look that's going to be the game that companies look at like we need to try to recreate that or try to bring in some stuff we need to do that because that game is so good every time you play it there's little things that come around i probably played the game three or four times through now and there's always not just like one little thing that i missed or noticed there's like a lot Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of little tiny things, um, little voice acting differences, like the fact that when you're riding on a horse, when you're close to whoever you're riding with, and they talk normally, but if you're a little farther away, like the dialogue is different. They they're starting to yell it right. That that little tiny, tiny little thing. Like that game is probably the most lived in game ever. And I think as soon as this free to play, like streamer bullshit is done with, I think that's going to be like the crowning jewel that people want to try to do again. Yeah. I kind of hope that the, uh, free to play streamer bullshit, it will be done with, um, pretty soon anyway. Yeah. And how do y'all feel? I mean, I truthfully, I think I would rather pay even the $70 that a lot of AAA games are charging now. I think I would rather pay 70 bucks for a finished product where I own everything that I bought. Right. Like I, the game is there. It's complete. There's no paywalls. I, I truthfully would rather do that than have a free-to-play game where if I don't buy the Battle Pass every season 
and the season's usually like maybe once a quarter to be my guess, something like that. You know, all of a sudden now I don't have all the same content that everyone else has. Like I don't, I don't know why because I mean one of them is financially easier on you at least up front, right? Um, but I, I think I would rather pay the full price game and then just own it. What do you guys think? No, I, I agree. Like completely, hundred percent agree. Like, that's the thing that pissed me off about Warzone. Yeah, was, it was like I don't want to buy the fucking Battle Pass again just to get this fucking Mac Ten. So I can, you know, because it's the meta so right now. Competitive, like, yeah, that shit was yeah, bullshit. That was so broken, dude. I, God, it makes me mad just thinking about it because it. I, we haven't played. I haven't played Warzone in like over a year now, I think. And I'm, I'm at. I, I played it a little while ago just to try it out again. Still bad. It's it's um well the gameplay is still the same. The the thing is it's so ridiculous now. Like the battle passes have it. You know how that? I mean, essentially, Modern Warfare 2019 was a military shooter. It wasn't just like some silly arcade first-person shooter like it felt like a military shooter everything aesthetically at least looked semi-realistic and felt like you were playing a game that was based on the same planet that we live on yeah now if you play it like there's people running around as michael myers there's people running around as some you know fucking dead mouse like there's there's like skins in the game where you're getting killed by some guy in a glowing bunny suit and it's just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's it's, it's stuff like that that's just... I understand that it's, like, just for fun, but for someone who plays shooters, uh, I think for, like, some, you know, little bit of, like, realism, uh, it just... It doesn't scratch the itch for me anymore. No, uh, I think the the, reason it did scratch the itch before is because we were always playing with friends, right? So that kind of kept you going. we could still do that now, right? Like, you still could get together with a group of people. I mean, I could get five, six people on Warzone tonight, right? And it's it's not going to be for me. And I think the thing that killed the game for me, outside of the cosmetics bullshit, is that once the streamers got a hold of it, and everybody on YouTube's now like, here's the meta loadout. You gotta have this. You gotta have that. And if you don't, you're not competitive. And then, like, you know, it just changes the gameplay. People aren't moving tactically anymore. People aren't trying to move slowly and check their corners and stuff like they're, they're, you know, a hundred miles a minute running around slide canceling and doing three sixties while they jump. Like it's just silly shit at this point. And it makes me not want to play the game because if you do play with actual tactics, you're going to get murdered by some asshole that jumps around the corner with a Mac 10 because his frame time is different than yours. Like it's the gameplay now because it's been affected by the streaming community. In my opinion is shit. Agree. Yeah. Um, I, um, no, just going to say, I, I agree with that too. Um, the only thing is getting most people to agree with that because, you know, you're also, you know, you also have to realize you're sharing your gaming space, shall we say with, you know, people who are in some cases 10 years old, 15 years old, 12 years old, they're kids. And, you know, number one, when people hear the word free or when they see that something's free, they're going to go for it. And then they see that they can get all these different special things that are going to give them all these different edges and change the game for them. And (laughs) you can, like you said, you can be using, you know, real tactics and get killed by, um, you know, somebody in a, you know, dressed as Ronald McDonald and they'll just blow you away because they have a high frame rate. But, um, you know, unfortunately you've got kids who are only grow, especially right now, you've got kids who are growing up in this and this is all they know. Mm-hmm. Like they true. never, oh, like I said, I, I play Fortnite with my, uh, 11 year old sister-in-law, Brittany's little sister, my wife. And, um, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is their culture. Like, they've got their own language when they play together. I've played with, like, a group of, like, little kids that are, like, oh, somewhere wow. between, like, 13 and 10. Just, like, okay. she was like, oh, can you play with my friends? Because I'm good at killing people, but I'm not good at any of the rest of the game. That's true. And, uh, you know, they've got their own language. It's it's hilarious to listen to them. They're like, oh, I'm, I, I've taken, you know, some getting shot. You got to crank 90s, crank 90s. And I was like, what the hell is cranking 90s? For those of you who don't know, and you shouldn't know, uh, cranking 90s in Fortnite is when you jump up and create a barrier in a 90 degree arc around yourself to protect yourself from whichever direction you're being shot at. And, you know, they've got their own slang. It's, it's, funny, it's funny hilarious, story. dude. It, it's so funny. But um, okay. speaking about like what you're talking about with the money thing, though, I don't think the free to play thing really factors into it for children outside of the fact that it's easy for them to, if they have to ask for permission... You know what I mean? It's easy for them to just download the game. Like you can create an account and play really easily. The financial bit is hilarious because then it's like, well, you know, half their Christmas present is V bucks for Fortnite. Like I can promise you my wife's little sister has spent no less than 500 real dollars on bullshit in Fortnite dances and emotes and 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 the thing about Fortnite is when you spend money over there, it and I will say, at least they've got this going for them. When you spend money there, it doesn't give you an edge in the game. Whereas in Call of Duty, there have been times when if you spent real money, you were better than people. And that's yeah. bullshit. That's that's not how that game should work. Right. Um but yeah, in Fortnite, you know, you don't really get anything for your money. And kids are spending hundreds, if not thousands on this game instead of the sixty dollars that they could have spent. And I think that's what companies know. Right, like they've got business analysts that know this stuff, and that's why that's why every every other company is building a. I mean, hell, Assassin's Creed just got announced what two days ago that they're going to be putting out four new Assassin's Creed games, and they're going to be free to play. Really? Yeah, it, it's uh, they're doing the same thing with a new skate game. It's going to be free to play, and it's oh, that's no. not a competitive game, so it's hopefully be fine. But um, supposedly. Supposedly they're going to be free to play. I I bet you that by the time that Assassin's Creed comes out, it'll be a full priced Ubisoft title, and they're just going to hit you with microtransactions anyway. I, I mean, that's so. what they did with uh, Valhalla. Yeah, it'll right. Valhalla is on an episode. They'll kill that whole franchise. It's already dying right now. But if they yeah, do, it's struggling currently. If they do some or, well. That's not true, actually. I, I saw a video on this. It's interesting. What's happening is all of the people who are fans of the franchise are going away from it. But they're selling more copies now than they ever have. That's that is sad to think about, mm-hmm. actually, because that well, gets, it, it just that's why they are continuing the business practice. Like they're making yeah, money hand over fist. That we're never actually going to get a really true AC title again, Assassin's Creed title again. You know that's why people went apeshit for uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Outside because of the fact that it's an incredible game, it's what Assassin's Creed in Japan could have been. But they, that's one of the announced the Assassin's Creed Red or whatever it's called. Yeah. I'm like too little, too late. Yeah, idiots could have done this a long time ago. I really need to play that game. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, um, it's so good. It's top I, five. It is. So it is amazing, dude. If you have the opportunity and the time and the system to play it on, I highly recommend that you play it. All right. So that concludes today's episode. You might have noticed today's episode was a little bit longer than I've been doing uh, recently, but you know, in the past season two and you know, all of season one, 
you know, I had some episodes that were 30 minutes long, 35 minutes long. So, um, you know, I just want to strike that happy medium between very short episodes and, you know, longer episodes with more content. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, video games, you know, it's not something I've really gotten into on this show before, but um, gaming is such a huge part of society today. I mean, sheesh, we're, you know, people are literally getting online and watching other people play video games. And those people who are being watched are making money from doing that. Like, that's how big gaming is today. So, um, yeah, I thought it was definitely important that we just have a, a real honest conversation about it with, um, two people who are very passionate about this stuff and know a lot about it. And, you know, are talking to industry insiders. So, um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it next week. It will be a bit more uh, a bit more of a heavy conversation. We will be talking a bit about you know another topic that's been uh, kind of a big deal in recent weeks, recent months. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, diversity and casting in uh, movies and TV. You know the controversy, recent controversies surrounding the live action movie, The Little Mermaid. I mean, the Lord of the Rings show on um, Amazon Prime Video. You know, those are just a couple examples of this bigger issue, and we're going to tackle that. And um, so, yeah, we'll be starting to talk about some heavier stuff coming up very soon. Anyway, if you guys enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. Um, you can subscribe whether you're listening on Overcast, whether you're listening on. Apple podcasts, wherever you listen, feel free to subscribe and, you know, also feel free to give me a rating, um, whatever you think the show deserves, but, uh, thank you very much. Have a great day.